Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. Here you will find a non-judgmental community offering support to mothers raising children with extra challenges. This community was created for you to empower moms who love their children deeply, but are also feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or just plain stressed out. We are the place for moms who are sometimes feeling at the end of their rope and are looking for hope and light. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello, everyone. This is Ashley. It has been a while since I have recorded an episode. I have been in a particularly busy season of life, and it feels really good to be sharing an episode with you and sharing some things that I've learned lately. You might have a strong-willed child if they seem to argue with everything you say, push back more often than not, and can't be easily swayed from their viewpoints. If this sounds like your child, I can definitely relate. I have several strong-willed children, and parenting them has been pretty challenging. It has been a struggle for many years, but lately it seems extra draining and difficult. So that is why I chose this topic today so that um, I could have some extra support for myself, also for you. So if you're in this situation, this episode is for you. Strong-willed children want to learn things for themselves rather than accepting what others say. So they test the limits over and over and over again. They desperately want to be in charge of themselves, and sometimes they put that desire to be right above everything else. When their heart is set on something, their brain seems to have a hard time switching gears. You may have noticed that your strong-willed child has big, passionate feelings. They feel their integrity is compromised if they're forced to submit to another person's will. The other night at 10.53 p.m., as I was heading to bed, my night owl elementary school-aged son asked me if he could make lemonade. We were given a bunch of lemons, and he really wanted to have a lemonade stand on Monday, and this was on a Saturday night. I told him it was way too late, but he was determined, to say the least. He argued his points for 10 solid minutes. I looked at the clock. He said he would clean up the mess. He would give me 10% of what he earns. There was room in the fridge for the pitcher. He had the perfect spot for it. He wanted to make it before Monday so it would have time to chill and so on and so on. I said no each time and he just came back with something else. I was honestly exhausted after the conversation, which I find myself feeling often with several of these children who push back numerous times a day. Another child the other day found a random juice box in the fridge and he wanted another one. And we don't usually keep them in the fridge, but it was in there and he was determined that there had to be another one in there. I told him that there wasn't, but he did not want to take my word for it. So he started climbing up into the fridge. He was moving food around, looking on all the shelves. He had to do a very thorough investigation 
to find out for himself before he could feel satisfied that there actually was not another juice box. If you are thinking that this sounds like your child or it sounds exhausting, I feel you. Maybe you can empathize with this. It is not easy to parent these kids. But don't worry, there is good news. It can be hard and frustrating parenting them when they are young. But if you guide them and don't break their spirit, their strong spirit, they can be amazing teenagers and adults. Or so I am told. But that gives me some hope. They will be able to use their strong will for good. And I can actually see this in myself as I was somewhat strong-willed as a child. I was not oppositional, but I was very determined and I did not give up easily. And I could not be swayed from my thoughts or opinions very easily. I definitely use that determination for good now. And it's a characteristic that I have been grateful for numerous times in my life. I actually do see this in my kids from time to time with one of my kids who is very determined and just definitely has that strong will. He was at a friend's house and there were a couple of kids there and they started talking about inappropriate things and he felt very uncomfortable. And rather than stay there and remain quiet, he stood up and said, uh, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. We shouldn't be talking about this stuff. I'm leaving. And he stood up and he walked out and walked home. And so I'm really, really glad he did that. And that's where the strong will becomes a, a great benefit. One thing that can be helpful is to reframe how you speak about your child and even how you think about your child. And those thoughts and the way we speak about our kids really have an impact on our parenting. I have a book called Raising Your Spirited Child by Mary Sheedy Kierkinka. I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but I will put it in the show notes. And she gives some suggestions to change from old negative labels of your child to new positive labels. And she has some good ones that I want to share with you. So instead of referring to your child as rebellious, you could refer to him as independent. Instead of saying your child is demanding, you could say that they are persistent. Rather than them being an emotional roller coaster, they are sensitive. Instead of a perfectionist, they hold high standards. Rather than negative, they are analytical. Instead of irrational, they are creative. Instead of whiny, they're expressive. Rather than always having to have her own way, she is committed to her goals. Rather than obstinate, he is not easily swayed and is confident. Rather than resistant, she is focused. And rather than mouthy, she is honest. And she gives some other examples too, but that's just an idea of how we can change our mindset and it can have a positive effect. And I've tried this with my children and I try to keep it in mind because I know 
that I like to call myself determined rather than strong-willed because it has a more positive spin and I feel like I am determined and that it is a good quality and it has benefited me. So I'm trying to remember that with my kids. They are determined. They're going to be great leaders and that kind of thing. So maybe until you get to that point where you can see it in a positive way or they've got that healthy determination, there are some things you can do to help your child and to keep yourself sane. And these come from Dr. Laura Markham, and she's the founder of the website, the website, Aha Peaceful Parenting. And she's also the author of several books. And she's pretty great. She has some really good tips for us to navigate parenting our strong-willed kids. So the first one, she points out that strong-willed kids are experiential learners. They have to learn for themselves that the stove is hot. And she says, unless it's a safety issue, it's better to let them learn for themselves. And I have to remind myself of this often when my strong-willed kids, when I tell them that I don't want them to do something and I give them the reasoning and they insist on doing it anyway. So for example, we went to the zoo on a field trip recently and one of my children wanted to bring their beloved stuffed animal with them to the zoo. And I suggested strongly that they leave the stuffy in the car so it wouldn't get lost. And they were absolutely persistent that they wanted to bring it with them. So we compromised and I said, put it in your backpack and you could bring it and keep it in the backpack most of the time so that it doesn't get lost, which it ended up in the child's arms a lot of the time. I can see it when I look back through the pictures, I can see that stuffy poking through. Um, but shortly after the zoo trip, this beloved stuffed animal went missing for several days that turned into a week and longer. And this child was so sad. And this isn't the kind of thing where you want to come back and say, I told you so, because that's not going to be helpful. And luckily we did find the stuffed animal just today, actually. And it was in our house. But this child did say, I should have listened to you. I shouldn't have taken the stuffy to the zoo. I feel really sad. So they just have to learn it for themselves though. It's not something that you can just say. And, you know, some kids will just be like, oh, okay, I'll leave it in the car. No problem. Yeah, that is not our strong-willed kids, right? (laughs) Okay. Another example. Well, first, she points out that testing your limits repeatedly is also how your strong-willed child learns. And just knowing that is helpful, that this is how they're learning. They have to do it for themselves. They're not trying to make your life difficult. So another example, I was with a child. uh, I had to go to the post office, and I had one of my children with me. And this child had been eating uh, their leftover lunch that I had picked them up from school and then went straight to the post office. So they were eating their leftover lunch in the car on the way and had not finished yet by the time we got to the post office. And so 
I suggested or I said, you need to leave your food in the car and not bring it into the post office. And they said, uh, no, I can bring it in. And I said, the post office doesn't allow food in there. And the child said, yeah, they do. How do you know? And I said, well, they have a rule that there's no food or drink in the post office. And the child said, well, I haven't seen that rule. I don't know that there's that rule. I'm just going to take the food in. And if they tell me to take it back out, then I will. And I said, that doesn't work because we'll already be in line trying to send this package. And I'll have to get out of line to walk back to the car with you to put it in the car. Let's just leave it in the car and you can eat it after. And it's just this back and forth that just takes time, like every time. And the child finally agreed to leave it in the car, but in a very grumpy way, just kind of like, fine, I'll leave it. But um, they left it there. So number two, your strong-willed child wants mastery more than anything. So Dr. Markham says, let her take charge of as many of her own activities as possible. You don't want to nag her to brush her teeth. So instead you could ask, what else do you need to do before we leave? And if she looks blank, then you could just go through a list. Every morning we eat, brush teeth, use the toilet, pack your backpack. I saw you pack your backpack. That's awesome. Now, what else do you need to do before you leave? And kids who feel more independent and in charge of themselves will have less need to be oppositional. And they also learn that responsibility earlier. I'll be honest, this can be difficult for me. I find myself wanting to tell my child the next step because it seems faster than giving them time to think of what they need to do, ne to do next. And with my kids, they have ADHD and they get distracted easily. So I might say, well, what is your next thing? And they might wander off and start playing with a pen. So I just feel the need to say, okay, now you need to brush your teeth and kind of guide them along especially when we're in a hurry to get out of the door. So that is something that I need to work on uh, just to some degree with some things when I can, maybe not when we're in a hurry. Okay. Number three, she says, give your strong willed child choices. If you give orders, he will most likely not comply. My daughter, um, when I set her church dress out on Saturday night. We, I try to remember to help them set out their church clothes so that the next day when we go to church, it won't be so rushed and crazy and we might not be as late. And whatever dress I pick for her, she will always say no. And if I just lay it out for her, she will never pick it. And she will just sidestep it and get something else. It has to be her choice. So that's an easy one. Okay. Just let her choose. You pick your battles, choose your dress. Unless it's family pictures, then I get to choose and my kids all know that. So I, that's my, the my one time, I guess. Uh, but if you offer a choice, then your child feels like they are the master of their own destiny. And for example, 
you want to offer choices that you can live with and don't let yourself get resentful by handing over all your power. So the example here is if going to the store is non-negotiable and your child wants to keep playing, then you could give them the choice of, do you want to leave now or in 10 minutes? And this one I learned first in Love and Logic several years ago when our older kids were really little. And it stuck with me. A lot of things from Love and Logic don't work well with strong-willed kids and especially with kids with extra challenges. But this is one thing that worked really well. So I grabbed onto it and I have used it ever since. And it actually works really well with my kids to give them that choice because it's a win-win. It's something that I want, but I'm still giving them the power to choose within those parameters. So I love that one. Number four, she says, give your child authority over her own body. And here's an example of what that might look like. She says, I hear you don't want to wear your jacket today. I think it's cold and I'm definitely wearing a jacket. Of course, you are in charge of your own body as long as you stay safe and healthy. So you get to decide whether to wear a jacket. But I'm afraid that you'll be cold once we are outside and I don't want to come back to the house. How about I put your jacket in the backpack and then we'll have it in case you change your mind. So it gives the child the choice. She points out that it's difficult for the child to imagine feeling cold when she's so warm in her house right now because that's what her own body is telling her. So naturally, she's going to resist you. And you don't want to undermine that self-confidence. You just want to teach her that there's no shame in letting new information change her mind. So again, we don't want to say, I told you so, if she gets cold and reaches for the jacket. Um, there's no shame in that. Number five, avoid power struggles by using routines and rules. So this way you're not the bad guy bossing them around. Um, for example, the rule is we use the potty every night before we go to bed or the schedule is that lights go out at eight o'clock. If you hurry, we'll have time for two books or in our house, we finish homework before screen time. And for us, even though we have consistent rules like this, like using the bathroom and brushing teeth before bed, I still get pushed back from some of my kids every single night as if it's the first time I'm ever asking them to do that. I'm sure none of you can relate to that. Um, it can be frustrating for sure. Okay, number six, don't push him into opposing you. Force always creates pushback with humans of all ages. If you take a hard and fast position, you can easily push your child into defying you just to prove a point. And you know when it's a power struggle when you start to feel like you are invested in winning. So I know I have been there. Those aren't proud parenting moments, but I have been there several times where I'm just in that argument with that kid or in that power struggle. And I'm a determined person too. And I'm, you know, driving my point and they're driving their point. So if you find yourself in that situation, you want to stop, take a breath, remind yourself that winning a battle with your child always sets you up to lose what's most important, which is your relationship with your child. So when in doubt, you can say, okay, 
you can decide this for yourself. And if they really, it's something that they can't decide for themselves, then maybe you can give them part of it that they can decide for themselves so that they can meet their need for autonomy without um, compromising their health and safety. And I will say that it's hard for me to do this as a perfectionist. It's easy for me to say, okay, you can decide for yourself. It's hard for me to follow that through and not step in again and say, are you sure? Um, You might want to just do this because I've been there and I can see a few steps ahead and it's hard for me to not want to interfere. So I'm working on just keeping my mouth shut and letting them learn. And that's another thing in Love and Logic that they talk about. You want those opportunities for your kids to fail while they're in a safe environment, while they're here at home with you, rather than when they're off on their own as like in college or as adults, so that they can learn from it and you can teach them along the way. So I need to, that's something I'm working on. Okay, number seven from Dr. Markham. She says, sidestep power struggles by letting your child save face. You don't have to prove that you're right. This kind of goes back to the jacket example that we were ta- that I was talking about when the child reaches for the jacket, realizing that they actually are cold. She says you can and should set reasonable expectations and enforce them. But under no circumstances should you try to break your child's will or force him to accept your views. He might have to do what you want him to do, but he's allowed to have his own opinions and feelings about it. And that really stands out to me because there's things that we have to do sometimes and we might feel frustrated or upset or this is monotonous or whatever. And we have our own feelings about it. And we need to let our children have their own feelings about it too, even if they're not happy about it. Number eight, listen to your child. You as the adult might reasonably presume you know best. Like I was just saying a few minutes ago, but your strong-willed child has a strong will partially because it's a result of her integrity. And that is such a good reminder to me. I circled this when I was reading this from Dr. Markham um, because that's how I feel. I don't want my integrity to be compromised. That's why I feel determined in some situations. And that's the same for my children as well. She has a viewpoint that is making her hold fast to her position, and she's trying to protect something that seems important to her. When you listen calmly to her and reflect her words back to her, you will come to understand what's making her oppose you. She gives an example of if your child resists taking a bath, start with a non-judgmental acknowledgement and curiosity. Like, I hear you don't want to take a bath. Can you tell me more about why? And maybe your child will say she's afraid that she's going to go down the drain. And that might not seem like a good reason to you, but she has a reason. And you won't find out if you just get into an argument with her or order her into the tub. And this goes back to collaborative problem solving that Emily and I have talked about before um, in previous episodes which is Dr. Ross Green's approach where 
you bring your concern to the child and then you hear out their concern and then together you come up with a collaborative solution. I often have this exact power struggle with one of my kids, but when I ask him about it, his answer is that he just doesn't want to. He says, I bathed or I had a shower several days ago. Why should I have to do it again? And I sometimes lose my patience in these situations because he could argue for an hour and not bend on his stance. And I feel like it's important that he bathe at least a couple times a week. So that can be hard. If your child shares a concern that you can resolve with her, that's great news. And if like my child, they just say, I just don't want to, and that's it, then it might be trickier. And for me, that's when I want to go to threats like, okay, if you don't shower, I'm taking away your screen time or whatever. But when I make a compromise with my son, like, okay, if you shower, then I'll sit with you and read you a book or tickle your back after, then this often works. And it's, it's a much better approach. It gets the same result, but there's not the strain on the relationship. So I'm trying to switch and do that more often and not go to threats when I'm in that frustrated state. Okay. Number nine, see things from his point of view. For instance, he may be angry because you promised to wash his Superman cape and then you forgot. That sounds like something I would do. We have a lot going on um, as parents. So to you, you might feel like he's being stubborn, but to him, he is justifiably upset and you are being hypocritical because he's not allowed to break his promises to you, but you broke yours to him. So if you find yourself in this situation, how could you clear it up and move on? She recommends that you apologize sincerely for breaking your promise, reassure him that you try very hard to keep your promises sometimes things happen and then go together to wash the cape. And you might even teach him how to wash his own clothes so that you're not in this position in the future and that he can feel empowered. And you just want to consider how you would want to be treated and then um, treat your child accordingly. Number 10, discipline through the relationship, not through punishment. When you want your child to change course, think in terms of support rather than force. I feel like that's something that we could print out and put on our fridge. Um, there is, honestly, there's no amount of force in the world that can get a truly strong-willed person to comply. That just increases their resistance. And I know this firsthand. I've tried all sorts of approaches when my older ones were really young. Um, it does not work. And that's because their integrity won't let them back down just because they're being threatened. But if you give them enough support and they feel enough connection, strong-willed kids will usually agree to do what you want instead of what they want like the shower example that I gave. Kids cooperate because there's something they want more than getting their way in the moment. They want that warm relationship with us. 
The more you fight with and punish your child, the more you undermine her desire to protect that warm connection with you. And Dr. Markham points out that, remember that kids don't learn when they're in the middle of a fight. Just like all of us, that's when adrenaline is pumping and then the learning shuts off. When we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode and that amygdala part of the brain takes over, um, that is not the time. They're not going to remember what they're learning. So instead, you want to uh, wait until after those emotional moments have passed and then take a deep breath and then connect. And if your child is upset, help her express her hurt or fear or disappointment so that those evaporate. Then when she's calm, she'll be ready to listen to you and you can remind her that we don't say those things in our family or whatever the case may be. And also we have to model those things for our children. They might not always do what we say, but eventually they're going to do what we do. All right, number 11, we want to offer him respect and empathy. Most strong-willed children are fighting for respect. Well, that's a really good reminder for me. If you offer it to them, they don't need to fight to protect their position. And like the rest of us, it helps if they feel understood. If you can see his point of view and if you think his, he's wrong, for instance, like if he wants to wear his Superman cape to church and you understand that, but you think it's inappropriate, you can still offer him empathy and meet him partway while you set the limit. You could say, you love this cape and you wish you could wear it, don't you? But when we go to church, we dress up to show respect. So we can't wear the cape. I know you'll miss wearing it. How about we take it with us so you can wear it on your way home? And this might work and it might not. Um, it can be easier said than done. But it's worth the extra minute to try to avoid that power struggle. Even if it comes later, it's just worth it to try. Because if you can't avoid it, that is amazing. Number 12 is the last one, and it is connect, connect, connect. Connection is 80% of parenting for all kids because when they feel connected, they're going to be more likely to accept your guidance. Um, and if they don't feel connected, they likely won't. And this is especially true for strong-willed kids. So, she points out that this could sound like permissive parenting to some people, but it isn't because you set the limits. And you set the limits with an understanding of your child's perspective, which makes your child more cooperative. I hope this was helpful information. It was helpful for me to have these reminders and to be more intentional about how I am approaching my children um, who are strong-willed. And I'm going to try some of these things. And I, if you want to let me know how it's going for you, you could email us um, or leave us a voice note. That would be awesome too. You can check out more of Dr. Markham's work on ahaparenting.com. She has lots of amazing stuff. And if this episode was helpful, 
consider texting a link to a friend or sharing it on social media. I know that I would love to receive a text with a podcast recommendation that might help me out um, from a friend. Have a wonderful day with your family.